show was created by a menace for menaces. Menace to society. From menace to decent society. And always has been a menace to society. You are now locked into a brand new episode of the Menace to Society podcast. Made for those who don't settle, don't stick to the status quo, and for those who aren't afraid to think outside the box. Let's go. If you aren't afraid to speak up or do things differently, even when things do not make any sense to most people, then this is for you. We smash goals and crush average. All day, A-Day, baby. The Menace to Society podcast starts now. What's up, guys? Jason Payne, one of the co-founders of Menace and Business. I got my co-host, Senor Coach Nikki T in the house. Nikki T, how are you doing, my brother? What's cracking, JVP? Damn, do we have an episode today, bro. Dude. We got the man, the myth, the legend, my man, Jared Yellen, joining us today, right? Mr. Project 10K. We're going to get into that into a, in a second, but I want you guys to understand the power of relationships, okay? And how this all started first, um, Jared Yellen is actually a friend of Jordan Adler, who I met three or four years ago in a networking group. And then I'm doing some roofing stuff for him and became buddies. And I started using send out cards and then we started getting the same circles together. And he's like, Hey, I think you and the menace boys need to meet one of my, one of my buddies. And I'm like, okay. So sure enough, we set up a, a, a set up a zoom called Mr. Jared here. And the rest is history, man. He's going to be on our stage menace con two in January, 2023. Get your tickets at menacecon.com. Jared Yellen. Welcome to the show, my brother. What's up? I am honored to be here. I love what you guys are doing. It's so impressive. I mean, the energy that you bring, the community that you've established, it's my honor to be there. And I definitely want to leave my mark at MenaceCon. I encourage everybody to be there. Uh, we got some really exciting things to announce. But listen, ask me anything. I'm an open book. I want to bring value to your audience. Jared, that's the, one of the things, like, I, I got to set the stage for our listeners tuning in. Guys, what Jared has taught me is what you're thinking. You can think literally 10 times bigger than that. And it was interesting when I first got on a zoom with you, I was within seconds, like, Holy, there's so much more of a world out there. I didn't know exists. Uh, dude, I'm so excited for you to unpack what, what project 10 K is all about, what you're doing with menace incubator and kind of your vision for stuff, man. So like, tell us the story, dude. Like how did we meet, give our listeners the, the whole background of the very first zoom with the menace boys. It's funny. So leading into that Zoom, Jordan Adler is a dear friend. He's an investor in Project 10K. He's also just a, an overall intentional human in the space of human connection. He said to me, there's this community that I'm part of, and they just have to be part of Project 10K. And I'm like, what are they called? And he, he said, they're called Menace. And I'm like, cool. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you anything more. All I'm going to say is the leaders of this community have incredible energy. They have enormous vision. And I know once they meet you, it's going to be love at first sight. There's going to be a synergy. And I just want to get you guys on a call together. So I went in knowing nothing. I didn't know what Menace was. I didn't know anything about you guys. I didn't know how many people were involved. And I was just so impressed. I'll never forget that first call. You were talking about the evolution of Menace. You're like, yeah, we're going to put on this event. And hundreds and hundreds of people at your first event. They go, we're going to do another event. Over a thousand people at the next i mean you guys are putting serious points on the board and it's a testament to your ability to build community which is the single most important thing that every business owner needs to figure out i don't care what industry you're in you need to build a community of people who believe in what you believe 
Because when you go build a community of people that believe in what you believe, anything and everything becomes possible and you've done it at Menace and I'm honored to be part of it. You know what's cool though? Like, dude, we're like, this podcast is for small business owners by small business owners, right? And like, that's what MenaceCon is. That's what our coaching is. And we're just guys that come from our own businesses that we're out there grinding, trying to grow our brands, grow our businesses and had these shower ideas, right? Like these eureka moments and nowhere to write them down in the shower. And I think when we met you for the first time, we kind of felt like, he has to be part of what we're doing because we're the guys that have these ideas in the shower, but like, we don't know where to take them. And it was funny within minutes of, of, of being on our first call together, you could see all of our heads like bobbing along with you. Cause we're like, we don't feel so alone anymore. Like he gets it. He's like, Hey, do you guys have these crazy hairbrain ideas? We're like, yes. He's like, do you want help implementing them? Uh-huh. And then Jared presents himself. So I, dude, tell I think us it's about funny, me. Nick. I think it's super funny that you say that because that is exactly what the menace community is all about, right? We go against the grind. We go against everything that the school systems, the government, society, the media teaches us. We do the exact opposite. So we're a bunch of freaks. I feel like the greatest showman, right? And the greatest showman is like just like us three. And they have all these freaks underneath us, but we're also the freaks as well too, right? And that's the best part about it is that um, when you talk to people like Jared, he's like, bro, I'm a freak too. We just use the word menace instead of a freak. We just say menace. Right. <laughs> and that's really what it comes down to. And that's what he's like, dude, he's like, I know exactly what you're going through. I know exactly what it feels like because there's nothing better in life than someone that is relatable to you. I realize that because when I talk to some people, I talk to my, one of my brother-in-law's corporate America guy does his thing, love him to death. But I'm like, dude, I was like, We're, we can't really, we talk business and it's like stones, and water. I'm like, dude, there, like nothing makes sense. And it's very frustrating. And so you got to hold yourself back and you just, you just hit a wall. Right. And so when we talked to Jared, that first phone call is like, this dude's, this dude's my jam. Like this, this is my guy, you know? And so that I, I still remember that first phone, that first zoom call that we had together. And it's, uh, it's going to change our lives. It's already changed our lives already, but we're excited to have you share the stage with us uh, here in January and to uh, help change the, the small, business owner world uh here you know in the next decade jared will you tell them the story of how you started project 10k because like i know when you when you told it for the first time i felt so much synergy with you and and you small business owners listening and watching right now like we can all relate to to you know rolling the dice chasing your dreams being called crazy dude will you tell them how you founded that company because i think it's such a such a badass story yeah, I'm going to take you back even a little further because because every great idea, there's some genesis, there's some there's some reason behind doing it. There's something that drives you to take that ambitious outcome. So for me, I realized very early in life that I was completely and utterly unemployable. So I didn't even try. And I just went <laughs> all in on entrepreneurship. And over the past 17 years, I've had a pretty solid run with some beautiful learning experiences sprinkled throughout. I'm what you call a non-technical tech founder. So what that means is there's not an engineering bone in my entire body. I know how to write direct response marketing copy. And I also know how to sell. And somehow, some way, I did everything you could conceivably do wrong while building a B2B SaaS platform. SaaS is software as a service. But I landed on my feet and the company is pretty successful today. But I mean, I did literally everything that you could do wrong. So I started by outsourcing software development to a firm in Boston a number of years ago that came highly recommended. They had a great reputation. I was told it would take 10 months and $750,000 to build the first version of this vision. My challenge was I had the cash. 
because I had a pretty big exit right when I graduated college. So I spent it and I self-funded the venture. It took over two years and over $2 million, which I also self-funded. And at the day of launch, I learned a term that I never heard before and I will never forget. And the term is technical debt. And what that means is that the engineers have cut so many corners, it's absolutely inevitable your platform will implode. The question is when. And my when was pretty much at launch. And I was left making this really difficult decision, which is do I either abandon this vision or do I abandon two years and two million bucks? And I couldn't even fathom abandoning the vision because I knew there was a need in the market for this solution. And I also knew I didn't want to burn my hand on the stove for a second time. So I said, okay, what did I learn? If I could clean slate this thing, but I still have the wisdom that I gained over the past two years, what would I have done differently? And what I realized is you can't outsource software development at the early stage. You just can't do it. You need a team that just bleeds your vision 24-7, 365. They only think about you. They have ownership or they will have ownership in the foreseeable future. And I couldn't conceptualize how to do that through outsourcing. So I realized I need to build my own team of engineers and I was smart enough to know that I couldn't do that. I wouldn't even know where to start. Who would I hire? What skill set would they need? How many years of experience? So I said, okay, I need a really good CTO. And the universe heard my wishes. And in the town that I used to live in, in North New Jersey, was a sought after CTO that I was introduced to. He was known for building both domestic and international teams. We went for lunch about a half dozen times. And then I gave him an economic offer. He just couldn't refuse. And he joined me full time. And we started building our own team of engineers in the US, in Canada, and also in India. He was originally from India. So he knew how to source the talent. And we were finally on track. In 2017, I set up a company in India that I own just to provide a better quality of life for our team and also just to attract better talent as a whole. It's easier to hire employees versus contractors. And that was my catalytic moment. That one decision allowed us to start flying. We grew the company, which is called Sinduit, from pretty much an idea on a napkin to now tens and tens of thousands of paying users from around the world across 30 different industries. It's a simple marketing software for the everyday small business owner. I stand to support the people that you stand to support to at Menace. The people that are change makers, they see the world for what it is and they've committed to make a difference. But the thing they need to do most is mobilize their message and their mission. And I found that most marketing software is just too complicated. We built the perfect solution for that market. But the actual magic of the story where all of this starts to get really exciting, where we collided, was a little less than two years ago, I woke up one day and I realized I was officially obsolete at Sinuit. And as we all know, that's the entrepreneurial dream. So I was very excited about the milestone. I was just questioning, where do I go from here? I was 35 years old at that time, two young kids, happily married with a great lifestyle. And I realized that I started digging deeper into this, that the next chapter, it had to be my moonshot. I had to do something that would just shake up the freaking world or I was going to go down trying. And I started digging deeper into this. I had one of those calling moments. And I know that, that you've had that moment as well. And I'm sure most of your listeners have as well. Most ignore the calling. For me, it was too loud to ignore. And the calling was do what you just did at Sinduit, but do it 10,000 more times over the next 10 years. And I'm like, what does that even mean? That's crazy. The one thing I've learned is you never negotiate against your calling. You either do it or you don't do it. And this lit me up. I couldn't sleep. It was just riding on me. So I called up my CTO and my director of operations from Sindhu. And I said, I have this crazy idea. I'm going to do it because it's a calling for me. I'm not suggesting it's a calling for you, but I'm inviting you to make it your calling. Let's build, scale, and sell 10,000 tech companies over the next 10 years, are you in? And their exact words were, we're in because it's you, but we have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm like, okay. Let me 
we're going to launch a tech ecosystem. Some people might call this an incubator and others might call this a tech accelerator, both of which are great programs. This is just different. What this is, is a place where entrepreneurs from around the world can come and pitch their tech idea that lives on a napkin, the concept, the shower ideas you were referring to, because everything that exists today, it once started there. You can't bypass the step called idea. And all we want to hear are the ideas. But when entrepreneurs pitch us their ideas, there's four major things that we're going to look for. The right person with the right idea in the right market and the right business model. And when those four things are present, we will co-found a company with the entrepreneur. We'll both take equity in the company so our values are perfectly aligned and we will build the entire company at cost. And that's everything from product management, software development, business development, sales, customer support, legal, bookkeeping, investor relations, everything. And about 97% of the initial cost for what we call the minimum viable company, because we don't launch products, we launch companies, is at cost in India in a company that we've owned since 2017. So the risk is low and the cost is very low. So a little less than two years ago, we launched Project 10K, which is committed to building, scaling, and selling 10,000 tech companies over the next 10 years while ensuring, and this is the key, the key is that every entrepreneur that we say yes to has the support, the infrastructure, and what we call the unfair advantages to achieve product market fit quickly. And we define that as $10,000 of monthly recurring revenue, which is not that much money, but at early stage tech, it's everything, because then you could attract investors, advisors, strategic alliances, et cetera. So in our first two weeks, we co-founded seven companies, um, which was very helpful because it gave us the chance to figure this out. This was not the type of business where you build a business plan and then you execute. You had to execute to build the plan. So that's what we did. We defined our tech stack. We then started building what we call our internal business operating system, which is a predictable linear path to reduce risk and increase the chance of success. We built a model around scaling team, we then made big investments into human infrastructure, growing from a half dozen people to over 100 people really quickly. And then about 16 months ago, we stepped on the gas and we have not looked back since. We've had thousands of entrepreneurs from literally around the world come through this process. It's so deeply inspiring how decentralized this is already. We co-founded right around 150 companies in our first full year, which is more remarkable than 10,000 over 10 years because this is our year to figure it out. And we have figured it out. We have built that business operating system that is predictable. It is linear. There are no unknowns. Entrepreneurs travel it with our support. It reduces risk. It increases the chance of success. And I'm proud of that. But what I'm more proud of is we are not playing law of averages because a law of averages would state Launch 10,000 tech companies, have seven big winners. The big winners win. We win because we're a holding company. And every other entrepreneur suffers the same way they would suffer if they tried this for themselves. And the reason we are doing this is to end suffering in early stage tech because there's deep suffering in the industry. And the way we go about that is through our business operating system. We first start by verifying an idea is even viable in the first place through surveying and assessing. Once we determine it's viable, we quickly get it validated through cash flow, $10,000 a monthly recurring revenue. Once we achieve that, we invest for scale and for exit. So if we say yes, it's because we see a path to build it, to scale it, and to sell it. And we're not looking for unicorns, although I'm sure we'll have plenty just based on the volume of the deals. It's about viable businesses that we can build, scale, and sell within 18 to 24 to 36 months. So now that we've collected data, because we have a ton of data from the past 18 months of doing this, 
our certainty around our ability to achieve this ambitious outcome is an 11 out of 10. And it's a function of the data and three other distinct things. One is our current team, both leadership and beyond is absolutely extraordinary. The second is our ecosystem. It's profound. Co-founders, really unique investors like Jordan Adler, and then strategic people slash organizations as well. And then finally, the thing that might be the most important right now is the amount of attention that we have. And it's extremely diverse from foundations to family offices, to top business schools, tech incubators and accelerators, politicians, athletes and celebrities. And the reason we have so much attention is because of the impact. We are democratizing and decentralizing the technology industry without even trying. We have more women founders and men founders right now. We have most ethnicities represented. Our youngest founders, and it sound crazy, is an 11-year-old boy named Sebastian with his parents. And the oldest is a 77-year-old. It's never too early, never too late when you have the right team. And we have high school dropouts along with Ivy League graduates in the same portfolio. It's deeply rewarding. It's immensely inspiring. And anyone that stands for entrepreneurship stands for this project because that's what this is about. I've heard that. I've heard that. I don't know. I've heard those words before. And every time it freaking hits my soul, it just does because I wanted to do that one time. I had that shower feeling of like, hey, I want to start my own business one day. And uh, before Menace became a thing, I actually wanted to go uh, create some sort of a, a sales platform and go sell it to other roofing contractors throughout the country um because i wanted to help them exactly what you're doing i wanted to help them scale i wanted to help them hire and and get sops and uh, crms and and not be a slave to their business right and so the fact that you guys came up with this and you guys have gotten obviously massive attention i'm going to give a plug here uh grant cardona is obviously one in in this as well too so if you're needing some credibility name dropping grant it's a pretty good uh it's a good name to drop so it's a good lesson in this for your community, though. So Grant reached out to me, actually. Um, so about 18 months ago, the president of Grant's organization, his name is Jared Glant. Mm -hmm. He reached out and he said, um, hey, I'm Jared Glant. Not sure if you heard my name before. Um, I work with Grant Cardone. I was telling him what you're doing. And he thinks you're either crazy or onto something. Um, but he wants to meet you. So I went to meet with him and I didn't know him personally at all leading into that experience. I obviously knew of him and I wasn't really into it. It's a little bit much for me, what he was doing socially at least, um, but I was excited to meet him and we hit it off. I really got to know the true Grant Cardone in that meeting. I understood his values. I understood why his kids have a sparkle when they look at him. I understand why Elena has deep love for him. I understand why his team is committed to their core to him. Like I really got to know Grant Cardone. And as we were meeting, he said to me, Jared, I got to get involved in this project. I have to, I stand for what you stand for. I believe in this. I want to support it. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, what could we do together? Like in so many ways, he's kind of the antithesis of, of who we are. He tells people don't invest in anything you can't touch. He's a real estate guy and we're launching software. So I said, Grant, what do you see about this project that excites you? He goes, there's two distinct things. Number one, and the most important thing, and this is a testament to his character, I stand to even the playing field. I stand to give more people an opportunity to get a chance at that. And that's exactly what you're doing in tech. It's a world that I can't do unless I partner with you as well. The second thing is this aligns with my investment thesis because my investment thesis states that I'll never invest in a single family home and rent it out because then there's only one person that can pay me. So instead I invest in multifamily so that I have a thousand plus units and every one of those people, those families are paying two to $3,000 a month of rent and then that's how I create passive income for myself and all, for all of our investors as well. You've built the multifamily 
of tech and I want to invest and be part of it. But here's the real lesson in all of this. Many people will look at Grant Cardone and be like, oh man, like what can I do to create leverage over Grant Cardone? Like there's just no way. And in that room, I had leverage because I was doing this with or without him and he couldn't do it without me. And even someone like a Grant Cardone, who is the most opportunistic human I've ever met in a good way, that's a positive, that's a compliment to Grant. He's sure, still sure. hungry. Like he's still hungry, right? He doesn't need to be hungry. He could be completely full at this point to be completely fine. And he's 64. 64, yeah. hungry, opportunistic. When you can create leverage over people because you're going to do it with or without them and they can't do it without you, they're going to raise their hand and get involved. And that's why he made a sizable investment in this project and stands for it and believes in it deeply. Insane. Nikki T, power of leverage. What you got? Dude, the mission, the mission in itself is is so big, it's hard to wrap your head around. And I think that that by you being on this podcast, I think you're stretching minds. I think you being at MenaceCon is stretching minds. I know with us being just here interviewing is stretching minds. And that is what I freaking love about you most, Jared. Is like I think you're stretching people to say, Well, did you have that idea? Let's at least let's at least flush this out. Let's chat. And I know one of the things that you do very special is you let people just apply with their idea. Do you want to touch on that real quick? Because I know when you first came on with the menaces, like everybody was like, I got an idea and then started applying. Like, tell us how can people get in touch to apply to get their ideas moving? Because we all have those ideas, dude. Like, I think Uber existed before Uber existed. You know, hotels.com and Airbnb. We all had that idea, right? Like, we're like, I'm going to start this. How would somebody get in touch if they did have those ideas right now? Yes, let me before I tell you, let me tell you why this really matters. So everything that exists today that we can't live without started on a napkin. There's no way you can bypass that step. Now, most people, they have these napkin ideas. They have these shower ideas. They have their little black book of ideas, and they just never take them seriously enough to execute. They don't believe they have what it takes. They don't believe that they know how. They don't believe they're the resources. They don't believe they have the team. And as a byproduct, their greatest idea resides in the graveyard with them when they die. There's no way there's not a better version of Google in the graveyard right now. There definitely is. There has to be. But the person that had the better version of Google never executed on that idea. So what I always tell entrepreneurs is never let someone other than you execute on your dream. And what you need to do is pitch your idea. This whole premise of needing an NDA to share things is complete BS because no one can help something they don't even know what they what it is in the first place. So what we encourage entrepreneurs to do is regardless of it's one idea to many ideas, you have to pitch it. And we've created a safe place to pitch your ideas, a safe place for you to get those ideas off your chest and out into the world. And when we see potential in your pitch, we then give you a chance to go deeper with us because the first step is a five-minute pitch with our idea review committee. Now, we actually prepare you to do this because we realize most people have never given a five-minute pitch before. So that step alone, they're so overwhelmed by it, they don't even totally. take a step. So we're like, okay, we're going to train you. We're going to give you a video training that walks you through how to give a five-minute pitch that engages the receiver both emotionally and intellectually. We call that emotional connection because when you can do both, you have their attention. We're also going to give you a 70-page manual that walks through the art and the science of the pitch so that whether you're pitching me or pitching anybody, you can do it effectively, quickly, and we're going to give you the templated pitch deck so you don't waste any of your time at all trying to build this pretty deck that we don't care about. We just want to know, what is your problem? 
What is the solution to the problem? What is the business model you're attaching to that solution? And why are you uniquely qualified to be the voice in the face of that company? That's all we want to know in your five-minute pitch. So what I invite you to do is go to project10k.com forward slash menace and just apply to pitch. You're going to get in. We're going to give you a chance to pitch. And when you pitch, just show up, bring the energy, bring the heat, be the menace that you freaking are. This is your freaking moment. I tell everybody all the time, you are one pitch away from having everything you want in your life and more, but I can guarantee you, you're not going to have everything you want in your life and more if you don't freaking pitch. Don't think your idea is too big. Don't think your idea is too small. Just pitch the idea and you can pitch as many ideas as you want. When we see potential, we will green light you into the next step. The next step is a 60-minute session with our team. We prepare you for that step. We have you to start surveying your ideal end user so you can make sure that you're onto something because when we say yes, it's freaking go time. And within 60 to 90 days, we are launching a version of your vision that can onboard users and generate cash flow with a fanatical focus to achieve product market fit quickly. And we define that as $10,000 of monthly recurring revenue. Step one, project10k.com forward slash menace and schedule your five minute pitch. It's like a, um, <clears throat> it's like a tech shark tank. It feels like when I, so when we've had these conversations and these phone calls, I go back and I'm like, okay, what can I, what can I compare this to? Cause like I said, I have another business that's a roofing business, but it's not, it's tangible, right? Well, one of my frustrations, and this is a testimony to what you're doing on the tech space is because I'm I'm a blue collar guy as well too, right? Tangible, you know, bloody knuckles type type deal. And the best part about the tech space is I was so frustrated because like I said, I eat, sleep, drink Grant Cardone. Six years ago, the dude that's on the other part of this camera, Nick Trevelyan, he was in real estate. I was in roofing. He gave me a book called the 10X Rule. Said, read this book. It's a good book. And I read it. And I I, I literally took the book, turned it into, into a, a, a syringe and put it into my veins. And, uh, and it's been, it changed my life ever since. And the difference is, is I was getting, I would get so pissed because Grant could sell anything to anyone, any state, any part of the country, any part of the world. And my roofing company, I'm like, what would that look like for me to be able to go like literally across the world to do that? And I'm like, one just sounds exhausting, right? It sounds like I almost want that dream to go down the drain. Cause that's how like ridiculous it is. Cause it's not non-tangible, right? It needs to be tech-based. And so that's where my, my dream, right? My shower dream my napkin dream went to go sell something to other roofing contractors throughout the country where I can travel and I can, I can sell it to anyone. I can sell it to a roofer in Chicago, in LA, in New York, in Florida, even if I wanted to hop down to Mexico or, or, you know, other parts of the world. And, um, and the fact that you guys have created this and inspired this is so moving. And that's why we're so on board and so aligned with it because there are people that have these amazing ideas but there's only like 1% of the entire world that promotes it, that accepts it, that absorbs it, that, that, you know, encourages it, that opens the door and says, Hey, come in instead of slamming and said, Hey, that's dumb. Or, Hey, that's never going to work. Cause we heard that all the time, right. From people that are thinking too small, they're in the corporate world. They don't have the entrepreneurial spirit, you know, the small business game inside of them. And so we encourage people to bring, like I said, if you don't pitch it, the answer is always going to be no. Right. Just like kids to their parents. Right. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. Right. Just like in the tech world, when you have this idea, if you don't ask, the answer is always going to be no. Right. So 
give us the website again. We'll put it up here on the uh, on the website. Yeah, and uh, 10k.com forward slash menace. You bring up a good point, though. So one of the things that I've realized, because I've, I've been in an entrepreneur for as long as I can remember, I've been pitching for as long as I can remember, and there is no home for the idea. There's just no place to go other than talking to a few buddies at a dinner or over a few drinks in a social environment where no one's actually taking it seriously. Like there's no place to go to actualize it because at the idea stage, you're too early for venture capital. They're not even going to entertain it. You're too early even for a local angel investor who is not, and if they give you anything, they give you 10,000 bucks, which is nothing. It's not going to go anywhere, right? You're too early for an incubator or an accelerator program because they can't do anything with your napkin. They can only do it when it's a real thing that they can start to accelerate, but they can't take it from nothing to something. It just doesn't work. And software development firms, they run the other direction because what they see is this visionary entrepreneur with a budget this big. And for them, it's accounts receivables in a lawsuit. Like it's never going to work. Like there's no way that right. relationship will work. So that's what motivated us in doing this is we needed to create a safe place for entrepreneurs to come with their ideas where we default to yes. Because even if you have something that you're pitching, let's say you have a cash flowing tech company, you're pitching a venture capitalist, or you're walking onto Shark Tank and you're pitching Damon John or Mark Cuban, their default is no at all times. That is always the default of an investor. We are defaulting to yes. So when you pitch us, we're a yes. All you could do is convince us to say no, because you don't show up as the right person or you don't show up with the right idea, or you don't show up in a market that actually makes sense to launch into, or you don't show up thinking through a business model. So we're defaulting to yes. We're a yes at hello. All you can do in the next five minutes is take us to no. Whereas when you pitch an investor, they are a no, and you have an uphill battle to justify why they should say yes. And I don't believe entrepreneurship should be that difficult. You're talking, you're talking in our language what that means to be a menace, Jared. That's what you're yeah. talking about is menaces show up. They're ready to pitch. They're ready to share their heart, their mission, their soul. They default to yes. So we got to ask you, dude, before we wrap this episode, what does being a menace mean to you, Jared Yellen? So, so it's funny when I, so you guys use the word menace and I've been, it's, there's so much depth to this relationship. I feel like I met you years ago and they were just meeting in this past year. <laughs> so, so years ago, I launched this, this movement, we'll call it, and it was called brand entity. And it was aligning your brand, which is your external self with your identity, which is your internal self. And what I call this was a cult. And I shared this to you before we came on. I said, join the brand entity cult. And I had all these people coming after me. Like, do you realize how negative cults are? They've ruined society. Like you're brainwashing people. And I'm like, no, the word cult is derived from cultists. And cultist means to unconditionally care. And that's something that really matters to me. And I know it matters for you guys as well. Because at the foundation of all of this is your depth of caring. What a menace is, is someone who sees the world for what it is, and they are committed to being the change, not talking about the problem, but they are committed to being the change, causing the change. And that is what we stand to do at Project 10K. This synergy between us is a one plus one equals way more than two. And I'm going to say it's an infinity, which means it's limitless with what we can do together. And I can't wait to grace your stage and co-found tech companies with entrepreneurs that are sitting in the audience at MenaceCon that have these napkin ideas that they don't even know where to go with. And because they showed up and I graced the stage and you guys had the courage in bringing me to your audience, they're now able to co-found a company that we can all support so we can then build it and scale it and to sell it.
dude, your energy is just contagious. Like got you got goosebumps. us like jacked up. Like, oh my gosh. I just, I, we're honored to have you on brother. Honored to be a partner. Honored to have you at MenaceCon. We're just so stoked. You're part of the Menace family. And uh, this is going to be some fun stuff, dude. Like yeah. let's, let's freaking change the world, brother. I know you mentioned be the change and that's, that's, that's so true right there. Jason, any final thoughts for Jared? Yeah. If you, if you like this episode, share it with somebody. If you like the passion and the vision and the tenacity that Mr. Jared Yellen brings to the table, he's going to be bringing that back in about 50 days. If you're listening to it right now, within about a month, we got MenaceCon 2 coming up in January. Go to MenaceCon.com to get your ticket. Jared Yellen himself, like I said, will be speaking. We'll be taking the stage and we'll be pitching something similar to this. Like I said, this movement to 1,400 people in the room, right, that have the same mindset and the same goals and the same ambition to, like I said, take that one idea because all it takes is a napkin. All it takes is a napkin to change your life. And Jared Yellen's going to pull that out of you at MenaceCon in January 2023. Awesome. Can't wait. We pound it out. Yeah. So our sign off here, we pound it out. So we say, be an example, be a menace. Ready? One, two, Good. three. Be an example. Be an example, be a menace. Be a menace. Love this episode, awesome. Jared. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Menace to Society. A menace to society. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button for more future episodes and share with other menaces that aren't afraid to stand out and smash their goals. Oh, and if you own a business that's generating 100000 or more and you want to explode your business with more revenue while working less, head on over to BeAMenace.com. You owe it to yourself.